All right, pre-show shenanigans, Everett, Everett, Everett. Why do you, why don't you inform the people what's what's going on right now with your blinds? Your lights, so, are you are you blinded by the light right now, Everett? Is that is that the best term that we could have for this? What what would you say is the best bit, yeah. way to, to, you know, recap? Um, the best way I could describe this is we'll do whatever it takes to give you guys good content. Um, my room that I'm in, if you guys have watched mm-hmm. the last couple episodes, my, my face has been, I've looked like an Oompa Loompa. I have looked like, uh, at times, the whitest man on the planet. Um, I have looked completely fine. Uh, the issue at hand is that the room that I'm in is, does not have blinds. Yeah. So I have blinds on two windows and the one window where my desk is, there are absolutely no blinds. And it just so happens that the sun goes directly through so um you know some might call it a natural ring light but hey the only issue is with the ring light the ring lights are behind the camera this is like on my face this is on the side yeah yeah there's a slight contrast slight issue so um because i don't own blinds currently to, to fix this issue we've made makeshift blinds today yeah the blinds that we are using i have a trash bag mm-hmm. literally here i'll just i'll just i'll just show everybody yeah, quick here hand, quick there hand. is a trash bag literally <laughs> tied to, to my window uh that uh that is being used yeah. as a blind today oh yeah oh yeah so yeah no this is uh, that is that is where we are at currently uh with uh our our making sure that we have proper lighting and, and everything for content production yeah, uh, I mean, the odds the are this will be slightly over the place, maybe a little out of order, one might say. But yeah, you know, we might be a little bit out of the ordinary, a little bit uh, out of the stretch, but ever the, the other. What, important... what are you talking about? Well, I was just saying, you just know, content in general with this light, it's, you know, oh, with the light, I, I mean, mentally, I don't know how you're going to get through this. You know, we might have to hey, embrace hey. this debate. I, What's worse? The poor it, lighting or the flu pod, you, you know, like these are some questions that we no, the flu, the flu, the flu pod was was pretty egregious. Okay, 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 fair uh, enough. But fair that enough. that still might have been one of my best episodes yet, though. To be fair, uh, considering that the the handicaps placed on you for that, definitely one of the more courageous acts. This we might be my most podcast. ingenious episode ever. Potentially, potentially, we might, might have to go back either that or the quarterback water boy analytics. You know, one of those two for sure. Oh yeah, uh, I mean that that I there's also the season the season stats the uh, prediction for records. Yeah, yeah, that, that was another data that day. Data, data day. That was day. a big one. Yeah. Uh, but as of right now, we 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 got some some other big big stories that we got to dive into, Everett. The recent murders of Grimace. This is the story that doesn't quite sit well with me. The, the recent, the brutal killings that have that have occurred from Grimace uh, for his birthday celebration, no less. Uh, ever, I, I just, uh, I really wanted to know with the Grimace scandal going on, um, what what steps have Tulane made, you know, to protect your guys' players, protect your athletes from the crimes being committed by Grimace? Uh, are, are we having a no McDonald's rule right now? Uh, uh, how exactly it, is Tulane combating these um, dangers at hand? It, 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 there's a uh, curfew implementation. You cannot go and get Mickey D's after uh, 6 p.m. because uh, there's a correlation there between Grimace and uh at night yeah uh, oh, that seems oh, to be the, the biggest sightings issue. at night, oh, night. Yeah. It's, it's they pretty are spiking. egregious oh yeah um the, 
they, there are, there are, uh, there's not a limitation on uh, Grimace beverages yet. However, <laughs> however, whatever, however, what are we doing here? However, you need to have a buddy. You need okay. to have a Grimace buddy in order to okay. have the Grimace bre- beverage. That's, okay. It's the buddy system. If you, if you leave your buddy unattended, there, there, there might be suspicions. Serious repercussions. Yeah. Serious repercussions. You cannot re- re- leave a reper- teammate alone with Grimace on the prowl. It's repercussions. Yeah, sorry. Re- I, re- I'm, a li- I'm a little stupid myself, but also just by the way you, consequences for your you, uh, you might you might want to give everybody context to, to what you're actually oh i don't need here. to oh no, no, they know exactly what we're talking about right now uh, these gruesome murders some of the most vicious and brutal crime scenes i've ever seen in my life at the hands of is, it's is it is it is this on the level of the uh, 2018 summer clown, clown sightings yes uh now <laughs> now this is a debate we can embrace I would go so far to say it is worse. I I would go so far to say it is worse. At least when the clowns were going on, they had that cool little uh, dance, uh, like walked in this party, these girls looking at me, skinny jeans on, you know. I kind of thought of the clown thing as a dance trend in a way. Found out that, you know, some of those were, you know, carrying around like meat cleavers and stuff you know, slightly different from what I thought the initial joke was. However, Grimace is purely looking to just take your soul and just consume you whole. Let's just say, like, the Grimace... like Vecna. (laughs) I I haven't watched Stranger Things, but... But um, you know that. I do know know that, yes. That's all. Uh, all. It it is so brutal, by the way, that Grimace hasn't even been sighted on camera for these events. That's the most terrible That's how quick... And and he's almost like... He's almost like Santa Location. Claus, dude. He's in he's in every place at once. He hits that's multiple even locations more terrifying now that you bring it up. Time. No, it truly it truly is Stranger Things. He has the little underground. He could pop up anywhere on Earth that he wants. You know, it's quick underground tunnels for him. Okay, he's a tunneler. That's that's where he, it, it, he's he's not like his own upside down the grimace world. It's well, holy shit, Everett! You might have just made a groundbreaking discovery. The grimace world. That's what we need to discover next. I think we should definitely get Millie Bobby Brown and Gaten Maserato, uh, Matarazzo on the call. I think they could probably sort this out considering what they've done with Vecna. So I think we have the group. We we have our Ghostbusters, our Grimace Busters right here for this scenario. We'll, we'll see if we Is there any stopping Grimace though? No. no. no what is McDonald's? McDonald's has unleashed something horrific on the mad. world. Something terrifying. Dangerous. All I want to say too, by the way, is the only time that it's McDonald's mcdonald's like ice cream and mcflurry machines work that was another thing it's, so, it's the so, okay real talk i have not tried this grimace shake i haven't been to mcdonald's in a minute last time i went to mcdonald's, I McDonald's was literally so. with you when i wanted to get a mcflurry after sushi great combo by the way guys mcflurry and sushi like maybe they should work on some mc sushi like a mc mc no. spicy tuna roll no you know? no I'm kidding i'm, I'm no. kidding joke Please the filet of fish is plenty of death but uh Back, back to the topic. I've never had that grimace shake, but from the well, yeah, it's a death sentence. There's well, no reason for you to try it. But real talk, in the one in eighty grimace videos that are like actually reviewing the milkshake, what I've heard about McDonald's is that they're um, I would like to label them as their uh, their taste scientists. You know, their taste experts. What they've concluded, or what I've heard, is that 
they are only selling the Grimace thing in a meal because if you drink the shake after eating salty French fries, it will taste like berry Grimace-like. But if you just drink the shake itself before eating uh, salty foods in general, it'll just taste like a vanilla milkshake. That's what I've heard. I'm considering doing some sports science on it later, Everett. You let me know if you'd like to find that out. I, I mean, I've I would like that. to find it out, but it's a question of, are you willing to take the risk? Well, it is only 2.30 p.m. when we're recording this. I have another three and a half hours to make it before, you know, danger hours really, really sink in. So it's spooky. You know, it's not off the table. You know, there might be a Grimace milkshake review already up on the TikTok right now. So, hey. hey. At Waterboy Pod. At Waterboy Pod. At Waterboy Pod. Water yeah. Pod. Yeah. You know, we, we just had to discuss the, the, the vicious, vicious killings uh, at the hands of Grimace. But yeah, without further ado, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the most important episode of the Waterboy Podcast you will ever listen to in your life. Today is episode 129. We forgot to bring up, you know, the NBA draft, pretty notable day uh, before last episode. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, you stated that. <laughs> yeah, I literally like was like, I, yeah, I think it's coming up in like two weeks or so. Yeah, uh, kind of a stupid uh, thing to say for me, considering also, I mean, that free agency, I know yeah, that begins July Because it also 1st. was literally, by the way, the day that we recorded, obviously that episode went up a day later, and the day we yeah, recorded oh. it was the day of the draft. <laughs> which we later found out uh, shows you how tapped in we are with basketball. But also just another thing to note, that also shows you how superior the NFL draft is. That's another thing. Oh my That's God. The thing. NFL also, draft is way better. I mean, it's a three day event. The, the, the first just day one, that round one of the NFL draft probably takes three hours. I, how long does I was, I was, it's like two and a half, three hours. And it's like a whole event. That's yes, the thing. Yes, yes, the yes. NBA draft started at 7 30 and i went to bed and i woke up at like 3 a.m <laughs> and i'm still getting woge bombs from the second round like, breaking how long the Pelicans does this have take? traded pick number 58 like, for future it's like oh my god oh my god like seriously how long how, how long does the end i don't understand that now i like, know that also yeah keep going keep going also like you would think that they would want to split it up into two different days yeah, you to make that's money, you a, get bigger television way to get more. V- Once again, hey, that's why maybe we're not the commissioners of the NBA for a reason ever. Who knows? Maybe they have a master plan or maybe they couldn't compete with like USFL on Friday night. Maybe they could only do it on Thursday. You know, it's a tough competition beating out the USFL or XFL right now. So, you know, there a lot, I mean, lot of things look, in the works here. I saw this point, though, uh, on Twitter after the draft, but the reason why the NFL draft outside of its whole setup with like the way that the days are situated and, and that it's a whole event kind of thing. The reason why the NFL draft is so much better is also later you, picks pan out. You know, NFL. all of the players. Yes. You recognize because they have been in the, in, in college football for multiple seasons. It's a requirement in the NBA. Yeah. I think I knew all of three players and one of them didn't even get drafted. Actually, you know what? Now that we, now that you bring up this point, one thing that, I thought was really crazy was the amount of G league players or like ignite league or like uh, I think the other one is uh overtime basketball. Like the Thompson twins were there. I was shocked to see how many overseas guys who skipped out on college were going top five, top 10 and top 15 and stuff where 
I don't know. I, I, I feel like if Scoot Henderson, the Thompson twins, if they were just in college, we would all just know their names. We, we'd be aware of them. You know, at the minimum, you have heard of Grady Dick. You know, yeah, yeah, you've of heard course. of him. You, you Everybody's heard of Grady Dick. You've heard of that. Uh, like there are multiple players, like Jaime Hawkes is, was probably one of the more recognizable players of that draft, despite him not even ever being considered to be a lottery pick or top 10. Never even thought he was going to be, I didn't know he was going to be I did not, I was shocked when the Heat took him, but we'll, we'll get to my point on that a sec. I'm just a little bit, a little bit concerned about college basketball and the future of college basketball, seeing that. Yeah, the NBA draft is showing you guys right now they do not care if you play in college or take a G League route or anything. Like, like look, I, I understand, by the way, like, if you're talented enough to come out of high school, I get it because so well, much more money. There's still the one-year rule. Yeah, it's the, you know? the one-year rule, whatever, right, I guess. So, I guess, but technically, meaning, like, high school, G League, then, then you go not just not do it college, right? Yeah. I understand that, but it, it just – Honestly, from a league perspective, yeah. you would make so much more money as a league having there be multiple year like rule, a event or so that well, having their like year rule for players because then if you have people that actually know the players, more people are actually going to tune into the draft because they're going to understand what who's going. I think yeah, that's one of the biggest yeah, things in the NFL. Thing. Because the NFL, obviously, it's the NFL, so NFL reigns supreme. But you recognize, you know, all of these guys who are going in the first round, and that makes it even more entertaining. Just sitting there, like on on your like edge of your seat, trying to figure out who you're going to get because you spent time, like you know these guys. But the NBA, the average viewer like me, I have zero idea outside of like four guys yeah. I saw during March Madness the prior year. And if you didn't play in March Madness. I have zero oh, yeah. idea who you are. That's nothing. Very funny. So Michigan had two lottery picks go, and they also had Hunter Dickinson still there last year, but they didn't make the tournament last year. And like to that point, I saw a bunch of Michigan fans. And I was just like, I mean, how pathetic is Jalen Howard in this team that we had two lottery picks and Hunter Dickinson, we didn't make the tournament. Yeah. Like, how is that even possible? If you had two NBA lottery picks and Hunter Dickinson, how do you not make the tournament? But regardless, we're – I'm not here to crap on mission. We're going to save that for the college football segment, everyone. Uh, but yeah, uh, I would say one, th- another thing that, you know, maybe the heat are ruining this a little bit because they had so many undrafted guys play well, but they are undrafted. I don't know. Maybe, maybe people are looking at the second round a little bit more closely looking at it and caring about those late picks more because yes, Although on average, like if you go in the lottery, top five, top 10, those are typically the guys that will continue playing in the NBA for years to come. Usually your second round pick won't. But after seeing Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, uh, Gabe Vincent, seeing what they can do, essentially the heat. Yeah, like maybe the second round's taking a bit longer because people actually are like, wait, these guys actually could well, there's also way more picks oh. in the second round. And the thing is, with the NBA draft in general, what do you mean, too, way more picks? I'm pretty sure there's more picks in the second round than the first round. No, no, like overall. It's still, it's still yeah. 30. Yeah, there's only 60 picks in that draft. It's like, How the fuck did it last small. until 2 a.m.? How they do are you... taking the It's two sweet, rounds. Sweet, sweet. Is, there, is it like 15 <laughs> minutes of pick in the second round? Like, arguably. The first round. Oh. It, they got to like pick 25, like Lakers pick. There are still 10 minutes on the clock. I'm like, no, uh-uh. You don't get 10 minutes. No, 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 you don't. 
Like also the thing <laughs> no, with the don't. NBA, the thing with the NBA is I swear, obviously the NFL is a much higher, like there, there's many more, much more rounds, but also there's going to be another round that they're adding the uh, NFL draft. Now it's a compensation. Is it be eighth round? It's a, the compensation, the comp, com, comp, okay. compensatory yeah. round. It's its yeah. own draft. Um, but. Oh, that draft. Oh, I only know that draft because that's how Terrell Pryor got drafted to the Raiders. That's how Chris that Carter one. got drafted as well. Uh, um, okay, yeah. I mean, Ohio State's not but, being eligible for the real draft. I have to go to the second one. No biggie. But, but um, <laughs> the NFL, it, just even in the first round alone, I swear there is a much higher hit rate on all 32 of those picks in the NBA. And I don't know why that is, so, but well, I also think I think it actually also, makes complete sense. Why? I also think that, that that goes to show you that it's arguably even better for the players to have, have multiple seasons in college or something before they have to enter the oh, draft that, because that's that gives thing. way way better credence to the teams and to them, the players themselves, to know yeah. what your skill level is. I, I would say, like the one way I, I like really think about is that NBA. There's on roster, there's only 15 players on the team, and you can only have 12 active players a night enter the game. So let's say, let's make it 15, make it a little more fair. There's only 15 players on an NBA team, and there's only 30 teams. That's 450 yeah. players. So only the 450 best players in the world are in the NBA. NFL, it's obviously a bit bigger. Uh, but another thing I'd say is like in the NBA, recently it's it's been a little skewed like we've seen like jimmy butler went last pick of the first round we've seen him like even like other guys we've seen them pan out not being like a top three pick or a lottery pick no there's I been a lot say... of picks jamal murray was i'm pretty sure a second round or pascal no, siakam no, no, he was a late jamal first rounder jamal. i think i think jamal murray might have gone like eight like no, no he didn't i know for a fact i mean we could we could i mean jamal i'm gonna murray check was nice at kentucky i'm gonna check nice pick seven pick seven Okay. So uh, right. it, it, like overall, though, I would say, like the Lakers were picking at pick seventeen. We got this guy from Indiana that I knew because I watched awful Big Ten basketball last year. I just think though, in the NBA, on average, there's probably only five, maybe ten prospects that could become an All Star, if even. Like, there's only about like five or so. But even in the with NFL, that. We've seen past class where there's there could be twenty first. No, that, that's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent true. But the thing with with I guess with other than but with the NBA specifically though, you could have literally the entirety of the top ten that's under like the first overall pick be complete bust. Then you can get yeah. the random twenty eighth overall. The honest draft is is like it's literally all hit or miss in my opinion. The NBA draft so is literally just a blind throw shit at the board and figure out what sticks yeah like i would i would also yeah there's that included and also it's just like in the nfl you can get very very good guys in mid to late rounds like, no 100 you know? but and just looking at the first round just individually one-to-one -one, nfl to nba nfl because deep. that's huh nfl's deeper 100 100 you know? but like there's a specific amount of picks yeah. i'm pretty sure in both leagues where it's like they're like, okay, this is going to be a first rounder for sure. Maybe borderline second rounder. There's like that select amount of players. They're like the 32 to 38. Okay. Actually, tell me if, tell me if I'm, I think I'm picking up where you're, so like, I, let me know if you think this is the right thought process. I would say there are, you know, there's only 30 
first round picks in the NBA draft. There's only 32 first round NFL picks. I would say that there's a better chance of there being 40 to 45 first round NFL prospects than 30 first round NBA prospects. Yes, I fully I would say, agree with that. I would say on average, there's probably only like 15 first round NBA prospects, but there's just 30 picks in the first round. I think I would say there's on average 15 first round prospects in the NBA. In the NBA and yeah. out of that 15, there's probably Five only like- them, Maybe that could be all-stars. Four that can be all-stars. <laughs> and then the rest of them maybe are probably- one of them can become like a Wembenyama- all yeah, NBA. and the rest of them are, are pretty much key rotation players or depth or something like that, where you know you're going to get a good guy off the bench, but they're not going to be that all-star. And arguably, it's way harder to become an all-star in the NBA than in the NFL because of that. Yeah, there's less all-star spots, too. Like, it's just so hard. Also, Okay, while we're on the topic of all-star games, and this is about to be coming up soon with the MLB, do you think it's bullshit that the MLB requires every team to have one all-star? Do you think that's bullshit? It's, it feels like a, a, a participation trophy. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's bullshit because I think that every team kind of has that that star player and not every team's fan base really gives a shit. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I know that if, if, if like, who's, who's a really, outside of the A's, who's a terrible team that, that not really many people care about? Like the Royals right now? The Royals. Like, I know the Royals will, will I, the Royals fans will vote for Bobby Witt. That's the thing. Yeah. So I, I know, I know that that's, but like, let's he say. Might have gotten that first all-star vote. I mean, actually he definitely did not get that over like Boba Shad. but yes, I get what you mean. Let's, let's say, um, let's see. Okay. Like Rockies fans. All right. Rockies fans. I know they're not voting. That's the thing. Rockies fans aren't voting. So that's when you get that, that Who compensation. Could they, possibly reason to be an all-star for that. Gomber. Gomber. Gom- Gomber is pretty good. I, the, the one name I immediately thought of was uh, their third baseman, Ryan McMahon, who is just hitting Coors field elevation home runs this year, just getting elevation home runs. It's so funny. <laughs> Like he's hitting home runs where oh oh CJ Crone. Oh yeah, actually Crone zone's prop actually he's one thousand percent in no matter what. Oh um, <laughs> no. but like that's that's the point. Like CJ a player that deserves to be in it but wouldn't get it normally because of voting, like that yeah, because people, of fan voting, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But then there's other cases where they literally everybody on the team sucks and you're the A's and you shouldn't be. <laughs> Like last and, and you need the Patriots to fly you out to, to get to the all-star game. If That's... I have this correct last year, the A's, their uh, all-star uh, player was pitcher Paul Blackburn. I need to pull up his stats. Yeah. Last and year he didn't, man the, the was A's not an all-star. Uh, the A's didn't fly, didn't get him a plane to fly him out. So I think like the yeah. angels or somebody or the Patriots or somebody had to fly out. to go Yeah, Last year he Los had Angeles. a four, three ERA and a one, three whip all-star. Like th- that is the case where it's <laughs> kind of, it's kind of like kind of sucks, but I, I get it from the MLB's perspective. You're trying to generate revenue, fan interest. Yeah, yeah I, I like it makes sense. It makes sense. But that's also a situation where like last year and for whatever reason, TikTok decided to take this clip down from our, from oh, our yeah. account. But the Luis Arias clip where I said he got absolutely yeah. robbed of First being place an goal. all-star. And yeah, that's one of those. Situ- over that fraud. <laughs> but that's one of those situations well he was like technically a first, like he was a utility guy he didn't have a specific 
I think he was a technical no, I, I was baseman, saying like but... the big reason I'd say he didn't get it is because they had him listed as first baseman last year. It's like yeah, but like that's one of those situations where a player should get in and they don't get in. Well, he got it this year. He got. He, I mean, he if he didn't vote. get it this year, we would have a large issue. But yeah, also with that note, discussion. I would just like to say I absolutely called it with him. Yeah, no, I, I, I was gonna say this. I like based off when we brought this up last time. I don't think you remember saying this, but I have a vivid memory of you last year saying that Arias will hit 400 either this year or next year. And as of today, I mean, He's let's 401. Pull, let's 401 today. 401 as of today, I'm pretty so, sure. So, I mean, the odds of him finishing the year 400 are obviously going to be extremely hard and difficult. But the fact that we are we're like 70 games in, we're almost halfway done and he has a 400 still. That's like truly one of the most unbelievable accomplishments that this sport has seen. Like the last man to do it to hit 400 season was Ted Williams. And Ted Williams is like, most famous for skipping three years of his MLB career to go fight for uh, World War II and go overseas. Like that's, that's also how long, how long it's ago it's been. All right, all right, all right. Hold on. So let's just get into the MLB at this point. Screw, screw basketball. We're just into the MLB. Oh, just real quick, last thing I would say: Jaime Hawk has best pick of the draft when he drops twenty five in the Eastern Conference Finals this year, upcoming year. Just remember this, guys. Remember this moment because Jaime Hawk has is about to go on a stupid tear. Anyway. Let's embrace debate. Would you rather have a 400 contact hitter or a power home run hitter? Because Luis Rise only has three home runs on the season, but he's obviously batting 400. So would you rather have a contact hitter or somebody who's going to hit Aaron Judge amounts of home runs like last year? So this is this is the thing. Okay, I when I we've had this debate too much, but when it comes to the playoffs, I'm always thinking about. The other teams have terrifying hitters that I'm holding my breath when they're at bat. And for us, God damn it, Trey Turner, I was not, from the perspective of an opponent, I was not afraid when Trey Turner was batting last year. Uh, but regardless, I always thought of it when I looked at like Acuna Braves, uh, Freddie Freeman Braves, those teams, like those guys would hit doubles and they hit gapter, uh, gappers. And I thought it all came down to slugging and getting those extra base hits, not necessarily to knock in runs, but lead off inning. You're the first guy up. You lead off double there. Oh my God. The pressure is on now the pitcher. Well, you got a runner in scoring position now better lock it in. So I always thought it was slugging, but I recently watched Moneyball ever, and maybe this is a bad thing. Maybe this is a bad thing because we know how the A's are right now. But after watching Moneyball, and in complete honesty, it's not Billy Bean. It's not Brad Pitt who's the genius. It's Jonah no, it's, Hill. Yes. Jonah Hill is the godfather of stat cast statisticians and everything. And I am now more on the side of the guy who gets on base. Like, if I could slightly modify the question ever, let's say this. You have two headers. They both have an 1,000 OPS. One of them has a 400 on base and a 600 slugging, and one of them has a 600 on base and a 400 slugging. I think, although, you know, like 400 slugging, that's not like, not, uh, like phenomenal. I would take the 600 on base lower slugging over the lower on base higher slugging every single day of the week. Because at the end of the day, the the pressure in the playoffs is obviously getting hits with no. runners on scoring. Look, look if, it, if, you, the if you're asking like me, you need to get the guys on base first. Whenever so I'm, 
whenever I'm watching Luis Rise play, and we're going to use him specifically for this example, I my expectation is he's getting on base. Yeah. Every time I see him at bat, I'm like, he is he's getting a hit or he's getting walked. He is getting on base one way or the other. I if I I'm watching say- and if I'm if I'm a pitcher and that's what I'm up against, especially in a playoff situation. I like I don't even know what to do because if I have one guy on base, if I have a guy on second, I am just assuming at that point, at least as a fan, I'm assuming that the runner is getting in. Well, that's another thing. So, you know, everyone's talking about like this is now back going against my argument about on base percentage, on base percentage. Tell me if you think this logic is correct, Everett, because like this is something that just doesn't make sense to me. In my opinion, your three hitter and your four hitter their jobs are to score the runners, all right? Their job is to get RBIs. Now, in the past, I'm like, oh, you just put your best OPS batting third and fourth. I think the number three and four hitters should be the highest batting average on the team because, you know, if you have runners in scoring position, on base percentage, good, but if you walk on base, that's not scoring the run. You have to hit the guy in. So So here's here's my counter argument. The, and I'm, gonna, no, I'm open to opinions. Yeah. Here. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that that is a, a very solid argument, but there are players that have a high batting average that are. Yes. Yes. Of course. You know, that, that don't really, they're not going to be getting you that, that runner in, they might get a single or something. So if I'm looking at it this way, I would much rather have somebody with a high batting average. So let's say Luis Arise, right? I'd rather have him bat two and get him on base because I know he's going to get on base and then have somebody who is more of a power hitter at three or four, because I know that if I have Luis Arise on second, let's say it takes right? a bloop and a blast just get a blast downfield. Even if it's a sack fly, I can get him to third or I can get him in based off of that. And that's just a guaranteed go around. And then on top of that, if you go at the end of the, the, the lineup, the end of the order, right? You have eight, nine, you get one of those guys on base and you still have a couple outs to play with. You have that contact hitter at two. They're going to drive in those runs. Then they're set up. And then you have that power hitter coming up behind them to get them back in, even if it's with a sack fly. That's kind of what I think, by the way, with the Dodgers is obviously Freddie, you know, Freddie and Mookie both can hit some, some home runs, but with Will Smith coming in there at three, that's kind of more of that setup to me because my expectation is Mookie and Freddie will kind of get on base and Will Smith's whole role is to power hit the ball, get it deep to try and get Mookie back in. Yeah, I, I would say another thing, like this is going back to last year and I hate to live in the past, but something that just like when I think of leadoff hitter, my first thought, and this year it's a little a little boosted in my mind with the extra stolen bases and the uh, uh, bag size increase, very low key while we're on that topic. Have you seen how how much uh, stolen base are up this year? Like they... Yeah, it's, it is it is very high. A 33% just base area increase, like legitimately revolutionized steel. Like it literally changed the game. And like it 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 is like it did make a major difference. I didn't think it was gonna be that big of a deal, but it is. But regardless, I thought last year when our our top four hitters, Trey, Mookie, Freddie, Will Smith, I thought to myself for my leadoff hitter. Why not? Why are we having Mookie bat leadoff? I think Trey should be batting leadoff because when he does get on, he's the 
literally a top five fastest man in MLB. He can swipe bags, which was another thing. He didn't have Trey Turner stealing much when he was on the Dodgers, which is arguably, well, better fastball hitter. But that's one of his top three attributes he can bring to your team as a player, turning walks and singles into doubles. You know, like that is a very, very big thing. Being able to just get a free second base. Uh, yeah. And I mean, this year, Mookie, Mookie's been pretty good about it this year outside of a game or two. So oh, he's been on fire. Like the leadoff home runs for Mook have just been. Un- well, even stealing, stealing bases too, though. That's more so what I'm saying. And Freddie's been stealing bases too. It's been. What, what I do, I know we're getting off of the subject that you just brought That's up. Fine. That's fine. Which That's is fine. fine. But the, the thing that I do like to see, and we'll get more specifically into the Dodgers here is. Uh, bullpen's been pretty good as of late. I'm going to knock him some wood for that. But um, Will Smith has stepped up monumentally in clutch yeah, moments this entire so season. And this is why exactly we've talked about this before. Will Smith needs to end up, I mean, once once we get through arbitration and everything uh, and Cartaya can come up, Will Smith needs to be on a long-term contract to be the DH of the Dodgers. I'm saying that. I was also thinking uh, – you know, Muncy, and, I mean, he's had a better year this year, but I, I mean, it's not like it's the easiest thing to just pick up a position, but like, let's have Will Smith play a little bit of third. I was going to say, I was going to say you can have Will Smith rotate in with Freddie at first. Well, yeah, I mean, we could do that long-term. It's just like, I mean, like, now, either, I either like way, Freddie fielding. I just like having either, him. either way catchers, when you move them from their positions, where do they normally play first or third? So yeah. it's going to be one of, it's going to be one of those two outside of DH, but like when I say DH, he's obviously going to end up getting playing time at one of those two positions. It's well, just a matter. Of my my only like I've we've been bringing up a lot. Like I'd rather have him DHing so we can have him in the lineup every day, which is obviously the goal. He is one of the best hitters on our team. He needs to be hitting every day. But also at the same time, like with Will Smith, I I don't know. I I feel like they're. I I do feel like it's best for him to just get off catcher primarily because of the pro like it's so hard to get a good catching prospect and we have two in Cartaya and Dalton rushing so yeah and on top of that by the way when you're what Will Smith is like six four six five oh so, no no not that big oh no no he's like he's yeah I mean he's pretty tall Dills I I think he's like six one let let me check uh Will Smith I just googled Will Smith and it yeah the, with- the more famous Will Smith popped up first <laughs> Hey, both of them reside in Los Angeles, so at least there's that. Um, still, it'd be funny to have a Will Smith movie played by Will Smith. Will Smith in session. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, I think Fresh Prince of Bel Air Will Smith would absolutely kill it playing for the catcher Will Smith. But yeah, uh, our, oh yeah, no, our guy, uh, our guy Will Smith ever. He's five ten, big dose. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. He looks he looks taller at least on on screen because the way I'm thinking about it is Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer was so he's a such a tall player that they, they had to move him because he had back issues. I mean, issues. we're not gonna get into this, but we will be bringing up Joe Maurer's high school football stats one day because it is one of the craziest things. Oh, I've it's ever disgusting. One of the craziest things. It's I've ever disgusting. Read. I remember I remember one time uh, we were in Minneapolis. We drove uh, past college, and we drove by his his high school stadium, and it's still called Joe Mauer Stadium. For oh school. yeah, no, we we parked, we parked yeah. Yeah, no, to we get out right to get there. food, and the stadium that next to where we parked says Joe, Joe Mauer Stadium. Mauer's stadium. <laughs> it's high school, and it's very sick. 
very nice. Imagine very, um, very imagine cool. getting a whole stadium named after yourself. And that happened. But, but also that happened. I'm Joe pretty Mauer, sure you better be getting that shit named. But, after but you. I'm also I'm pretty <laughs> sure that happened when he was playing college ball. Now, did he go to Florida State? No, he went. He was in Minnesota. He's a Minnesota. Okay. Native. Okay. I don't know what. Oh, it was Buster Posey went to Florida State. Fuck that guy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. Also, the last thing I want to note about about uh, the MLB, and then um, I've got a quick thing before we go into college football. Um, I think the biggest thing, just in the lineup, the Dodgers are missing is a pure contact hitter, the yeah. guy that you're expected mm-hmm. to get on base. We're not looking for power. Well, and like that's kind of the thing that I think Vargas can develop into. I was about to fucking say Vargas was the guy where I was like, you know what? One day, Vargas, I want him to be that leadoff, that two hitter, just set the table. See, that's the thing. I think Vargas, Vargas is not today. Fucking Vargas, no, but Vargas. (laughs) I'm still obviously I'm I'm a I'm a Luis Arias truther, but that's kind of the player that I want him to develop into where your expectation is either walked or he's getting on base. And I don't care if he's about, I don't, I don't need him to bat 400, but I need him to bat like 300 and I need him to get singles and doubles. I don't care about the home runs. Yeah. I, like I'll be honest. The part of me is now thinking like when I think of recent top Dodger prospects, every, every guy who was touted to be our next thing, like as, kind of struggled due to like vargas was touted as like the next big thing he's to be fair to be fair downs like the, jock the, and belly were the same way. to 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 be fair too though gavin lux oh dude, when, when he's fox was on last year god when when he's dude, healthy he he can kind of he has power but he also can be that contact guy. it was this time last year where gavin lux was literally ripping like a 350 batting average and for June. batting nine for whatever reason yeah and, and like when it comes to that, like the whole like order and stuff, you know, I, I can understand like start of the year, like, yeah, let's leave Outland and stuff at the bottom of the order. Like something might just be weird if we move them up. I'm not saying doing it now, but I was saying early season, you know, why not, why not try slotting uh, Outman into that five slot? I mean, look, if if you take, if you take the batting lineup, if you have the lineup right now, that's, that is currently the current day lineup and you just slide in Gavin Lux instead of Miguel Rojas. Oh my God. That's a great lineup. That is a fantastic lineup. You know, like, okay. I'm not trying to be the Debbie Downer here because I'm going to give Miguel Rojas slight props because. No, no, he's been good. He's been good lady. Shortstop. He's amazing shortstop, but. The one thing I could like, I'm just going back to Seager's last days with the Dodgers. I remember it was the NL, uh, NLCS against the Braves. I remember he made an error, and I remember turning to my brother saying, "I never want to see Corey Seager standing in between third and second base for the Dodgers ever again. I'm done with this bullshit." And Lux had a handful of those moments last year. Trey Turner also had his fair share of just what the hell moments. Uh, so. You know, Rojas, I, I'll i give you some props because there are some hits that should no way, no way ever be uh, be outs, and he's making those outs. Uh, so, yeah. However, it doesn't help that he has, like, I don't know, four RBIs this year. <laughs> that doesn't help. Uh, but, yeah, overall, baseball, you know, Dodgers are just messing with our emotions and feelings. The bullpen's now getting hot. Bobby Miller's now been rocked in back-to-back starts. Everything is just up in the air. We don't. What's his don't ERA now? A four-three. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, it took a turn. So oh, it's okay. We still said I still would rather have him have a four three right now than get his ass rocked at the start of next year. I yeah, still it, think keep it, him up. It's been a tough time, but hey, good news. Julio Urias looked good. He had a little rehab start. But but it's also as as Dodgers fans, we typically are very negative about these things. I would like to say I actually think Bobby having a four three and out is to his benefit. All right, spin ball me this one. Okay. So so I think I'm, I'm that open. I'm I think that obviously he started off. He started off really hot, yeah. right? Really the hot. Greatest start you could ask for. But but in any situation with any rookie, especially pitchers, you are bound at some point to get yeah, your shit wrong. You're gonna get figured out. You're gonna get figured out. People are now studying film. They have stuff to look off of. They have you've played them before now. If he's if he's played the same teams since he's been in the league, yeah. Uh, so now as Bobby Miller. You're forced to adapt and change yeah. what you call, what pitches yeah. you throw, all this stuff, what you practice in order to actually be a great MLB pitchers. So at this point in time, this is basically forcing him to rethink, reprocess, and relearn different skills in order to get better. And being able to do it now in the middle of the season in comparison to either getting called up and doing the next season or getting sent down I think is way better for him to be able to just figure it out than like, and for his confidence too. And for just for his future, than not be able to figure it out and not be able to put things together because not having any adversity at all, which obviously would mean he's the greatest, probably would be the greatest (laughs) pitcher of all time if he didn't have any adversity, but being able to have adversity allows you to learn different things. And that's kind of like the key. I'm with that. I'm with that. You know, a bit, bit of some, uh, you know, some bumps uh, in the learning road right now. Uh, for him. Um, okay. Real quick before we get into uh, college football, uh, just wanted to bring this up. Uh, and I think it might be one of the most important things that we bring up this episode. There's a fight on the horizon. Families? No. Okay. All right. There's a fight on the horizon. Might be one of the most viewed fights of all time. Okay. Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk. Now I'm very pay-per-view fight. How this exactly tied into college football, but I It doesn't. It do- I just oh, said oh, before, oh. before. Oh, it has oh. nothing to do with college football. Yeah, Absolutely so nothing. If I had this correct, I I don't have the tweet in front of me. I'm going off memory. I believe um Elon Musk said and I quote, I'll knock your ass out, Jeff Bezos. I think. Uh, yeah, he just took a random shot at Jeff. He just took random shots at Jeff Bezos after this whole thing with Mark Zuckerberg was like like, this is Mark Zuckerberg, not with Bezos. Oh, I also saw him beefing Bezos. He too. also beefed with Bezos. Oh, okay. So, so um, he's just beefing with, with every millionaire, trillionaire. So, I, right now. one thing that I found funny was that a, I saw that Musk, uh, he was beefing Bezos and he called out Bezos saying, Your wife drives a Tesla, to which the internet researchers looked up and found out that she does not drive a Tesla. That was a lie, in fact. And so, so Elon Musk, I, I mean, although, I mean, pretty believable. Like you could just say they drive a Tesla. And I mean, yeah. the odds are you'll be like, yeah, probably. But yeah, um, I just had to call out Elon on that. That's not true. Bezos' wife does not. I also just want to say if this fight does really happen, I'm expecting Mark Zuckerberg to be like minus well, 500. Well, this is something I, I found out. Dan, Dana White, I mean, probably trolling, but Dana White said like, no, no, no. They're we dead are, serious. We are they, seriously trying to they get are de- like No, like, literally, I have, it, I, I have it in front of me, and it says that Dana White spoke with both Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, and they said that their cage fight is 
they are dead serious well, about doing it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Zuckerberg's doing jujitsu, right? Or is uh, that another yeah. one? No, no, that's that's Zuckerberg. Okay, so literally just based off that, Elon, you actually have no chance. He actually might like, get pulled out chance. on a stretcher. In well, that. I'm going to assume Mark Zuckerberg is a good jujitsu Padawan and he will not choke him out to extremities, you know? It's Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know if he can. No, no, that's what I mean. It's, it's Mark. Like, <laughs> I mean, we all saw the social network. We know what uh, Jesse yeah. Eisenberg did to uh, Andrew Garfield and we know that Zuck will do it again. So yeah, he will <laughs> phase you out literally of everything you also, have. Also, just want to say, and, it's, it says pay-per-view would cost about $100 all proceeds would go to charity. I think that that is probably one of the best PR moves. Oh, they have to possible. do that. Now, yeah. if they didn't donate that, well. <laughs> That's one of the best moves physically possible. If, if you're like, yeah, Elon Musk and, and Mark Zuckerberg are going to pocket the money. Yeah, no, no, I'll be honest. I do, not, I do not buy UFC pay-per-views or whatnot. But if that, if that happened, I would definitely consider getting a group of guys together to split it. A hundred. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. You know, that one, I can't bootleg live stream that I need the official real, I need the official broadcast for that fight, you know, cannot bootleg that one. So that one would be exhilarating. I would go so far to say would be the biggest fight ever. Oh, a hundred percent. Which is saying a lot, you know, and it would be the greatest thing for the UFC. Greatest thing for them. If that, actually where you should get you know how they have the uh the celebrity golf tournaments that they come up with every year they should have they should have the coaches they should have that well they kind of they kind of already have that they have like the youtuber fights but but they should have they should have mark zuckerberg and elon musk also both get a ufc fighter as their coach like one of them gets mcgregor and one of them gets like khabib or some shit yeah no i i would love to see uh nate diaz just like telling uh zuckerberg out of john jones yeah john jones would be hilarious like chael sonnen would be excellent or like khabib you can like oh my god he's literally he's like literally rip his neck off zuckerberg's like what dude like oh my god (laughs) um okay let's get into uh the nfl football some college football yeah uh so a bit of a bit of a big recruiting weekend a lot of official visits going down uh, Ohio State landed commitments from four-star cornerback Bryce West and his high school teammate, four-star tight end, Demarion Witten from Glenville. We briefly mentioned this last time, but I didn't give Glenville enough respect. Um, the list of NFL players who go to Glenville that you would recognize, Everett, is the famous Cardale Jones, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Frank Clark went to Glenville, uh, and Michigan, by the way, which is disgusting that we passed on frank clark uh and uh troy smith the last heisman winner for ohio state and i would also go so far as say the only big 10 heisman winner of the 21st century uh and well, uh, joe burrow joe burrow joe burrow thank you thank you for that uh first but second ohio state uh heisman winner or big 10 winner of this century uh and the last guy i'm blanking oh yeah ted Ginn jr so yeah, they have a they're an NFL hotline pipeline. Uh, we just landed their two top commits to Ohio State. Everett, as of today, as of Monday, June 26, Ohio State has jumped back, uh, jumped back over Michigan. They currently have the number two recruiting class in the country, despite having seven less commits than Michigan. Ohio State has 16, Michigan has 23. Michigan only has two spots left in their class to fill. 
It, it honestly seems to me that unless Michigan pulls a, another five-star recruit, they're probably going to be even if behind they Ohio do, State. They're still going to be Ohio State. We got nine more spots, and I guarantee at least six of them will be four stars. The only uh, concern is there might be some flipping going on, which tends to happen yeah, at least oh, with Ohio State. Oh, trust me. I'm well aware of that recently, and it's honestly propelled up even more right now with the negative recruiting going on with Ohio State's yeah. position coaches. Uh, so obviously decommits are, are very possible. And this year, there's some Ohio State fans out there, some some optimistic ones thinking we can flip some guys to Ohio State. I don't see many, many big flip uh, targets for us uh, right now. So uh, I, would, I would say number one goal right now is keep what we have and then go get Aaron Scott. Uh, but this is what I was, this is what I want to bring up Everett specifically about these two players. So I'm very hyped on the Bryce West commit. He was the one floating between Michigan and Ohio state. That one was getting a little too close for comfort in my opinion, for how Mm -hmm. interested he looked at Michigan, but the Damarian Witten tight end recruitment was 10 times more interesting to me, even though Michigan wasn't involved in that battle at all. So Witten's recruitment came down to Ohio state and Kentucky. And this is what Kentucky (laughs) is. This is okay. what Kentucky's tight end coach, and he is also their recruiting coordinator and associate head coach. This is what their tight end coach had to tweet after missing out on Witten. Quote, I got the target I wanted. This is SEC ball. And we got, and he meant to say, and we got, and SEC grown man. He spelled grown incorrectly as well. Go big. Uh, Neil. Uh, so. Uh, Dodge the bullet with that one. Everybody in the replies there were just all Ohio State <laughs> fans, just like LMAO, you mad, LMAO, salty, stuff like that. Uh, but what I think is actually kind of disgusting, embarrassing, and pathetic is that there is nobody on the Kentucky staff that has told him to delete that tweet. Kentucky stands by their recruiting coordinator going out saying, Oh yeah, I just missed on a crew. I didn't even want him anyway. He sucks. He's not even built out for the SEC. How how are you approving that and letting that happen? You cannot go out and publicly say that after missing on a recruit. I mean, he was trash. He couldn't even play SEC ball anyway. He's not a grown man. What message does that send to future recruits about what he really thinks about you? What does that say? I don't know. It's just salty. It's just salty. And I mean Literally, like if, if I was the, he's, is, you said he was the, the, uh, um, end coach, recruiting coordinator, and associate head coach. Yeah. I'm Those not are big lie. titles to have. If I was your athletics director, I'd be having a word or two. <laughs> but that's the screwed up part is that their athletic director is probably supports that type of behavior. And yeah. On the outs, like, on the outside, oh, on the inside, he's probably like, dude, I don't know though. Fuck? I don't know. Like, I would assume. If this, you would, would hope, you I would, would assume hope he would make him take this down by now, but he has it. So, I don't know. It's Kentucky football. Like, what? Do yeah. you, like, come on. Yeah, that's um, it's Kentucky football. Yes. What are we talking about? Uh, okay. The only other thing that I had for uh, for college football, uh, and I want your opinion on this, is this came out a couple of days ago in between episodes. LSU has received a three year probation as part of an ongoing investigation that's centered around their basketball team. Uh, there's been no postseason ban, so I don't really know what the probation is on. Maybe a uh, scholarship limit? 
and it is due to an FBI investigation into Will Wade and the Tigers. An FBI investigation. An FBI investigation. And by the way, this started off with their basketball team, but now the football team has been roped in. I'm going to try and find out a little bit more of the details on this, but... Well, the one thing I, I don't, think about recently about LSU basketball is I, I believe two years ago uh, or so, they had a ton of really, really top-end uh, high school recruits. I think they had like three five-stars on their team. Uh, that might be involved with it. How did those guys so pick some LSU? Of, Maybe some of, Ben Simmons is involved in this? So this, is, this is what it says, at least for the football, for the first part is – some of the issues in the football program include a level two violation for Odell Beckham Jr. handing out cash after the national championship oh. game. Uh, impermissible contact with a recruit by Ed Orgeron or Orgeron or why is it Orgeron? Um, it's all self-imposed sanctions, but I'm just kind of curious how, how uh, John Harbaugh gets obliterated for getting a burger with a recruit. Yeah, let's and... <laughs> just say, um, Everett, if Ohio State did this, Everett, oh my God. Oh my God, Everett, could you imagine? Everett, they if the wanted, FBI was they investigating wanted to Ohio publicly State, execute Chase Young for repaying a $500 loan. They wanted him if, publicly if, executed on the if state. If the FBI was investigating Ohio State, I, I think Ohio State might actually be banned from playing football for like five years. We'd get death penalty <laughs> times five. Yeah, literally a five year ban. Oh, yeah. You think the SMU death penalty was bad? If Ohio State did that, oh my God, we would not be a school anymore. Down at SMU death penalty award, Waterboy Awards. It's just, uh, you hear you hear stuff like that. And to be honest, I mean, the violations are stupid. But No, they 100%. But, well, I, I did read one thing that they paid a player's family $185,000 over a four-year span. And that athlete played from 2012 to 2016 on LSU, which I, at that time, that might've been Leonard Fournette. Like it, it might've been Leonard Fournette. I'm trying to think who would be 2012, 2016 LSU might've been him. But if it came out that Ohio state paid some, some, somebody associated with one of their uh, recruits, $186,000 Everett. Oh my God. It's yeah, that's game. Oh that's my game god, Everett. You would be murdered, ransacked, absolutely destroyed. Uh yeah, you know. Hey, but SEC, you know, it just means more at the end of the day. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, folks. So yeah. All right, Everett. NFL time. NFL time. Uh we have I don't there's honestly not much news currently in the NFL. It's kind of the, yeah, the dead not, zone. Not uh, much. The biggest, the biggest news that's kind of come out was uh the jets are apparently being forced into doing hard knocks. Uh, doing hard knocks uh which i'm on i honestly aaron Rodgers on hard knocks yes please yes give me we, give we me that i i am i absolutely love that idea um but honestly there's not really that much going on i have two lists today uh, and I think it can be a debate. And also, I do have a uh, a game for us to play if we want to use that today. Otherwise, we could save it for uh, another episode. Just depends on what you're feeling. Uh, but uh, we can start with the list, and we can we can go from there. We can we can see if there's any debates going on, raging debates. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're gonna start with most overhyped players in the NFL. Mm. Ten to one. 
Here we go. Honorable mention Najee Harris, Mark Andrews, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Jalen Ramsey, Tremaine Edmonds, Patrick Peterson, Jamal Adams, and Kyler Murray. And it's 10 to 1, by the way. Kyler Murray's number one. Okay. Okay. I I wanted to fit Najee Harris on the actual list because I think he sucks nuts. Um, oh yeah, I I used to work for a guy who was a Steelers fan. I'm I'm well aware of Pittsburgh's opinion on Najee Harris, but but I also think that everybody kind of thinks he also sucks nuts. You know, I'm That's proud of you for no Lattimore in there. You know, that took a lot of strength for you. Uh, I don't think Lattimore is over. That's the thing. Like general consensus, I think everybody's just pretty. I don't, I don't like him, but I think everybody's pretty consensusly like he's not, he's, I mean, like he's above average, but he's not like the guy anymore. I think that everybody is, I mean, I, I, it's, you know, I'm not saying he's like a top five cornerback in the league or anything. No, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's kind of consensusly that he's like, he's still a very, I'd say, no, he's still very good. Pretty disrespectful. I'm just not saying that he's like, no, he's, he's an elite corner. corner. I'm just not saying that he's number one. He's a one. very good corner. Um, I think that everybody, it's just kind of like where people conflicted. What opinions are people more conflicted on where people think that somebody's really great and some people think that he's really bad. That's when we kind of get into all these players where, or their production just is not worth what their contract is, i.e. Kyler Murray, where he's making 500 mil or whatever, and he's just not product, like putting up numbers. He hasn't had a 4,000 yard season yet. Um but also, like, with Geno Smith, great last year, but it's only one season. Like, I don't think that you can be like, oh, my God, he's the next – he's a top-10 quarterback or whatever. He's going to be the next uh, – coming, the second coming of, like, Kurt Warner coming on late in his career. Like, I don't think that that's really Have fair. Have people been notions. saying that? No, but the way that people are talking about him makes him seem like he is one of the best quarterbacks. Like, one I mean, season I'll is not indicative of I'll keep I'll keep putting on I think Gino, I think but... that he's I think that he's a good quarterback right now but I just think that people are making him see way seem way so better, better than, than above than average actually. I think that he's average I think that he's average Okay well I'm I'm okay with that but my this is my question Gino Smith if, if he is average then I would say there's a ton of quarterbacks that are pretty lumped in with Geno Smith. I think the quarterbacks are lumped in, but they're all I, at, like, is Dak? I mean, Dak, Dak, is, average. Dak is average. Dak is average. Dak, like, how about a, uh, I was about to say like a Taylor Heineke, but I would say that's disrespectful to Geno Smith and Dak to, to put Tyler, Taylor Heineke. I mean, if we're going to be completely honest, Taylor Heineke is probably below average quarterback, he but is. he's, he's just the hype man. He confuses energy. That if Geno, if he's average and, you know, I'd slot him in at 10, but let's say he's in that 10 to 15 range. I put him at like 14. With that thinking though, I would say that there is, I don't know, 10, not even, I guess, eight quarterbacks I considered good, and I guess ten to twelve that I would say are average. I would say that you the, the tiers are probably you have like the elite, then you the, have the Mahomes tier. Yeah, then you have like the, the next good next or the crop. great. Then you have the, the above average and then average. I would say in that in that above average category, it's it's not that great. 
I'd say there might be. I just think I, I just personally think that people are uh, the only reason I say people are overhyping Geno Smith is because of the fact that he had one good season and people are throwing him up, up, up above quarterbacks that have been parent, like have been good and consistent for years and that his stats are very indicative of what they have done for reference. And obviously I'm a little bit biased, but with Kirk cousins, right. Kirk cousins has, been very consistent, been very, I would, I would say he's been above average for the last couple of seasons, especially with the Vikings. And um, people are like yourself are throwing Geno Smith up above him when they had very similar stats last season. I don't really think that's fair to say that, you know, Geno Smith is obviously the better quarterback only with one season of experience. Like when you see something consistently, then I think it's fair to say, but after one year, we could have something where it's a Case Keenum-like season where Case Keenum came on for the Vikings, was one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL that season, and then he went and played for the Broncos and was terrible. Well, and I, okay, love actually, I love myself. I love myself some Case Keenum. Going back, going back to when we were doing many top 10s, I remember one time I was like, so for this top 10, what are you, are you saying just like going into next year, like overall, like a little summary? I remember you looking at me essentially like I was a dumb fuck dumbass. Like, uh, duh, I'm obviously talking about just next year based off last season. So with that logic, yeah, Geno Smith's top 10. Like, like that, this is where I'm slightly- Are you saying entering next year for some with of that your logic top 10 list? Like, I, I feel like right now, now this obviously is a slight different top 10 list, but I'm, I'm slightly confused as to- why you know there there have been some past arguments where you're like well we're just basing off last season but why does geno smith not get that why is now geno smith well he only did it for one season last year it's because of when we're talking about all the other lists and we're basing it off of you're like okay like it's for this next season based on last season it's by precedence and a lot of those players have precedence where going into last season they were already expected to do something and they did better or worse based off of that so we're using last season stats and comparing it to what they've done but Geno Smith, there's no precedence for what he's done. And I, I'm not I'm not knocking Geno Smith. Like, I think that he, he, he had a great season last year, and hopefully he's going to have a great season this year, and I am pulling for him. But I do think that based off of that, it's not really fair to be like he is, he is a top quarterback when you only have one year of experience to prove, to prove this. Because, like, whenever you, you're proving something in general, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to let the one year stat stand. I'm not going to bring up his first year as a starter in the NFL, even though he somehow went eight and eight. It was the jets. How the, how the hell did Geno Smith take the 2013 jets to eight and eight? I'm not trying to give him props. I think here. he Just, had Brandon Marshall, on that Eric team? Decker. Yeah. Like, Brandon what Marshall the hell? Eric Decker that year. And, and Matt, Matt Forte was probably on that team too. Anyway, I, the, the, their defense I, was great that year. Too. I, 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 yeah. I'm slightly disgusted with myself how much I'm like putting on for the Seahawks right now. Uh, but like, no, but like, if, you, if you, if you, if you, I was you, so impressed with just Gino. I, I trust me. No fucking Smith did. That. I was, I was, I, was I, I mean, look, I was impressed too. They, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. Like, I love that. That I as love, well. I love, I love the whole story. I may I'm, or may I'm not happy. have bet on the Seahawks week one. I'm, I am happy that that he played well last year, and I'm pulling for him for next year. But I just don't think that it is fair to state that he is a top ten quarterback with one year of experience. That's the same thing. Like you, you would not have put like if if a rookie last season played like in their first year, right? And they were pretty good. They they maybe posted a little bit better stats. Would you put them in the top ten of quarterbacks? Probably not. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd say probably. That's kind of the same point. That's the way that I'm looking at it is disregard everything that has happened for Jesus yeah, no, before I'd say this. Quarterback's weird. Yeah, quarterback, I can't really. And well, but, listen, like shit. I I know Garrett Wilson is today a top ten receiver in the NFL. Oh yeah, will I get crucified for saying that online? Yes, I know it's true though. It's okay. And that's, Justin that's Jefferson just kinda... was a top three receiver entering his second season. And I bet if we look back at the list, Justin Jefferson maybe maybe got some shots at like eight through 10 going into his second year but like people hey. people can people especially people with bias can be like who who obviously watch the CS and be like no like i know more than you he is a top 10 and that that might be like with with a with a rookie receiver or whatever else like for for the vikings obviously i'd say the same thing with Justin jefferson so it's a it's a give or take but I think with Geno Smith, it's it's a little bit of a weird category because he's been in the league for so long. He's been non-productive until this past season. So there, you just never know with with older quarterbacks too. Like I said, with K, a Case Keenum with a Nick Foles, like um, you just don't know. You, and that's that's the only reason I just I don't think that there's not enough evidence and 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 whatnot to just be able to be like he is a top ten quarterback. I just all right, while we're on the topic of some quarterback debates, I saw just a very interesting uh, quarterback post kind of go viral over the weekend. Somebody somebody threw up their top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and there was one, one beautiful man who used to be captain of his high school fishing club that was not in that top 10 list. Justin Herbert was not in this man's list. And uh, his reasoning uh, was, well, uh, what has Justin Herbert done in the playoffs? He's never done anything in the playoffs, which, true. He hasn't, uh, but also at the same time, uh, I think people are, I think people are putting just a lot of evident, uh, emphasis on postseason results when I don't know, Everett, feel free to call me crazy, but I feel like on average on, yes, the quarterback influences the game the most, but you know, it's usually the team with the better overall team that wins, not just the better quarterback. It's not wins are not a quarterback stat is what I'm, what I'm getting at here. Uh, but for a lot of people out there are saying, well, Trevor Lawrence is better than Herbert. Duh. He beat him in a playoff game, obviously. Uh, I, I mean, th- that was a whole. I'm seeing a healthy, healthy subsection of Jacksonville fans saying, well, to be fair, Trevor Lawrence threw four picks in that game and still won. For Look, any I, other I also, quarterback, also, they get ruined for that. I also... Like, think that when it comes to those, those things quarterbacks get obviously in the second half Justin Herman the offense was stagnant and that's partially on him the defense absolutely blew that game the defense that, like, was so bad I mean you I, can't you <laughs> a lot of people blame quarterbacks for the entirety of the game I understand that they're the most valuable position in the entirety of the team but it's not a one-man game the yeah, game is I, not I, decided I am, by one player I'm on your side here 100 percent one thing that I I will say that I was slightly just disappointed in Herbert with the second half of that Jacksonville game is that like, if we just got two more first downs, we win. And, and it's I, like, I, I, I didn't need them to score. It's just like, Herbert, I need you to pick up this third and three, man. I need you to do it. And was her playing injured that game too? Yeah. Well, this that was is, the ribs, right? <laughs> well, the ribs were from week two, the whole season, but he tore his, non-throwing shoulder labrum whatever the hell he tore it in before week 18 and remember everett we had the five seed clinched up 
going into week 18. There was zero reason to play week 18. And Brandon Staley trotted out his quarterback who had recently torn his non-throwing rotator cuff, whatever the hell, shoulder labrum. So there's that too. You know, we literally trotted out our no ribbed one armed quarterback out there in a meaningless football game. So nice. also the quarterback uh, of your future, by the way, let's just put it that way. The There's no safety precautions for this franchise, the, which I mean, it's nice to have a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking that for granted, but we need to protect him at all costs. I'd say that. And, you know, it kind of hurt that I'm pretty sure Mike Williams and Keenan Allen played uh, three games together last year while they were both playing. Uh, I mean, and, you know, they're both going to be healthy next season, but that's just. Uh, okay. Ross and no Slater. We didn't have time. To throw. Let's let's uh, finish up here with the quarterback tight end duos list. I saw so many people commenting on the wide receiver list that uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes should be on there. I now have to do the own list. I'll be honest. If it is just a quarterback receiver duo list, Mahomes and Kelsey are the firm one. Firm. By and yeah, yeah. Overall receiver, yeah. yes, okay. yes. Making sure, okay, all right. Yes, but but if, even though if I think Travis left. Kelsey is a top five most hateable player in the NFL now, he's actually he's broken into it for me. Yeah, and that can be its own list. I don't know if we've done that. Most I think disliked we recently players did it. Most disliked players. I think we recently we might did have. it. I think we did. I don't know. We might have been making it. Um, I'm pretty pod, but you know we could go. Well, well, we we can go ahead and post. All right, top 10 quarterback tight end duos. We'll go 10 to 1. Okay, here we go. Kenny Pickett and Pat Fryermuth, Matt Stafford and Tyler Higby, Justin Herbert and Gerald Everett, Deshaun Watson and David Njoku, Brock Purdy and George Kittle, Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard, Trevor Lawrence and Evan Ingram, Kirk Cousins and TJ Hawkinson, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, and Patrick Mahomes and Cap. Oh, my God. And Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I think I would throw um uh who'd you say right before T Law and Ingram? Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard. I think I'd toss them over. Over Ingram. I just I think Evan Ingram's a better tight end than Dallas Goddard. And while Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is still an elite quarterback. So I just think that the, the discrepancy there. I, I is, like Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Dallas Goddard was like hurt for a healthy portion last year. Uh, Twelve games, seven hundred yards. I like I I just remember Goddard in fantasy was. I mean, but Evan Evan Ingram was absolutely disgusting last year, though. Yeah, Evan Ingram was very good too, and also it's. I mean, I I know a healthy amount of Giants fans, and so let's just say what I thought was the truth about Evan Ingram has been completely rewritten. So. Yeah. There's that too. Also, also to be fair, like with the, within the Eagles' offense, I can't say that the the quarterback tight end connection is like a primary. I would I component. would actually say I would like surprisingly say for that offense, like Dallas Goddard's role is like very important there for just I think quick yardage and RPOs. Well, yeah. Like I mean, look if if, if in post role. if in post you want to if you remember if you want to go and put them up above Trevor Lawrence and Evan Ingram. It's fine by me. You have my blessing, but uh, <laughs> overall, overall, I think that I think that the biggest debate is one: Brock Purdy and George Kittle at six, and two is Kenny Pickett and Pat Fryermuth at ten. I'm I'm totally fine with Fryermuth. Fryermuth is a dog. 
Kenny Fryer Pickett just dog. sucks. No, no, Kenny Pickett just oh, sucks. I that's no, no, the I, I, I know. That's I the know, issue. I, I, I know. No, not, not debating, not fighting you on that aspect. But Pat Fryermuth, oh, I, I like him a lot. I like Fryermuth a lot. You know, that's just a gritty first one and last one out type of guy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> just a scrappy, hardworking gym rat, you know? That's the type of player I want on my team. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, interesting, I, yeah. interesting looks right out. The, the tight end world, you know, tight end you also uh, recently going on. Uh, I would, I'm I would. Sure the... Trey McKitty uh, got out there. Gerald Everett was not in attendance. Missed out on a nice little clinic there, Gerald. I don't know what the fuck we were doing there. Yeah, but... I, my only other thing was at 10, I was debating Geno Smith and Noah Fant, but. I don't think Noah Fant's all that great. I don't think Noah Fant. Um, I'm not sure if he's quite that that NFL tight end people are looking at. I, I know he's like, I think he might be the most athletic tight end ever, like testing-wise. Kyle Pitts. On that. Oh. <laughs> well, he's a slot receiver, but yes, yes, Kyle Pitts. Also, th- this goes to show you, even, I mean. <laughs> Pitts didn't make the list. Yeah. I mean, even if he was fantastic, I don't know if he would because Desmond Ritter is in this first year at quarter like quarterbacks. We just don't know. But it goes to show you, Kyle Pitts was what like the fourth, fifth. What he was a top ten pick. I I think he went like top five, right or seven? Was it top? It might have been top five. I don't remember. Oh my! I don't remember what pick they had. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Oh my! He went four. Yeah. So it. I really hope, I really hope that he does not end up on our biggest bosses list in a year or two. The, the first year he put up a thousand yards. You he know, did. Like, the last year you know, was terrible. And oh, if, trust me, I know that was. I had him as well. Round three pick. The round right. five curse moved up two rounds. Ever. That's how it's bad just, it was. Like, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. It's just if the Falcons manage to blow. The potential of which is really like more likely than not, but if the if the Falcons manage to blow the potential of the greatest, arguably greatest tight end prospect of all time, yeah, other than their other great tight end Tony Gonzalez, the Falcons, <laughs> the Falcons, the Falcons would have to be in the top five of the most dysfunctional franchises of all time. Yeah, and we kept them out. Them. We kept them out somehow. We I, kept them out of the I list. I actually went up to you. Argue argued like, for them. How the hell did they not make you it? You argued for them, and I I argued back that they shouldn't be on there. But if you blow <laughs> Kyle Pitts' career, you yeah. will be on the list. You know, You'll and, be and my list. like uh, I would also say something. You know, Everett. I think we should debate this next time uh, in redraft fantasy leagues. I think Bijan Robinson should go top five. I think he's Bijan's... currently going number three over on average. Okay. okay, so that wasn't crazy for me to say. No, like, I think Bijan next year is going. Like, to I think I think that um, one of our friends who uh, who we'll both know who I'm talking about, but but uh, okay. uh, we'll definitely probably draft him in like the top five. In in if if we were doing a non auction league, he would probably be a top five. Yeah, I, I he'd be the only one to, to draft. I, I really just like their O line. Like I, I think that's something that they have a know, great O line, but they, they're also around. running around team. That Let's also put it this way. The, the the Falcons have constructed what could possibly be 
a top five offense in the NFL when if you utilize properly, you yeah, have they could just a, get that you have a generational it. running back prospect, a running back behind him that dropped one thousand yards in his rookie season. You have a generational yeah. all time great tight end prospect. You have a first round pick wide receiver, a great O line. The only question mark really is the quarterback. So if you manage if play calling is and so Arthur if, Smith's beard, you know, we got to sort if that I'm, out. Too. If I'm if I'm Arthur Blank, if if Arthur Smith does not get a does not substantially increase the offense this year, I am firing him or I'm I'm getting yeah. him to fire the OC you because get moves. Go you can't you can't blow literally think about it though. The potential on that offense is the greatest of any team in the NFL. The then, potential is they, the greatest of any yeah, team no, in the NFL. They are there over the lines. And if obviously they could end up being a quarterback away, but even with a, a if if you put Kyle, imagine Kyle Shanahan as the head coach of that team, where the quarterback doesn't yeah, matter. They run. Yeah. They oh, yeah. they oh, would be the beautiful. probably they could end up they could end up fighting for the greatest show on turf. I was about to use that phrase too. I'm happy. That, to they could be the greatest here. show on turf. I, I mean, like, I mean, these are these are the questions people are asking if they can get it in play and get it to work. Uh, also, I would say, although I absolutely despise Clemson with my life, I, AJ Terrell is one of the best corners in the league. No, a hundred percent. You know, obviously like, that I defense, admit it, that defense is. is not fantastic by any means, but the offense should be like on paper that is has a potential to be one of the most prolific offenses in NFL history on paper. All right. All right. You guys heard it here, but yeah, I mean, I mean, outside of the quarterback position, every, every other position has the potential to be up there. So I don't think that's that egregious of a take. No, no, no. I mean, to be honest, just the way you phrase it, having just Bijan and Kyle Pitts alone, like forget Drake London, even though he's actually been playing really well, like just them two, like, Oh, like legitimate generational prospects at those positions. So just purely based off that, yes, uh, that's not that crazy. I do think, no. you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get the, we can get all, get it all to mesh, you know, Arthur. No, Arthur, obviously, Arthur, obviously. And Kyle Pitts is not a, a blocking tight end by any means. He's a all. slot receiver. He's a, He's slot, a slot receiver. receiver. But, but if that's the thing is the, 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 Falcons were so run heavy last year that it fully took away from their ability to be explosive. And obviously Marcus Mariota sucked nuts, but I, I think great to see on the Netflix documentary with that. Yeah. But I think that the play calling needs to drastically change this next season, because if you, if you're able to actually utilize these players to their potential, it's disgusting what you can do. You want the run to set up the pass, but if you only run, also, you're just this, kind of taking away your, your ability to, to this have is another a great thing. Like, if you're the Falcons right now, you know, I'd actually give them a solid shot winning the division, making the playoffs. But, like, is that the goal this year? Is your goal to make the playoffs to, you know, get Team Cam or boost a locker room? I would yeah. say, yeah. Is, that, is that the goal? I would say the number one goal is just, like, obviously. Unless, you, unless you're going to want to take. Getting Pitts and Bijan to work. Like if you want to tank and get one. Caleb Williams, I mean, well, I, I'm guess, not even but... necessarily saying like tank, but like on offense, I, I think, stuff, like, I think the, goal the number one, it's in Bijan molded. The number it. one goal is to get Bijan and Pitts to mesh. But the only way that that is physically possible yeah, obviously is if the play win. calling, if the play calling is improved this year and you're not just solely running 
then I think you'll be able to see that. That's the first step. The second step is winning the playoff or getting into the playoffs. But that division is so terrible that I, I mean, think every anybody can win that. I think that they're fighting for they they can. I mean, like like we do on Data Day, we see that they're basically <laughs> one matchup out of making winning the division. So I, you know, I I I, I think that that's kind of a trek they're on. I don't think that by any means they're going to be a significant playoff contender, even if they make that wild card spot, because it will be a wild card yeah. spot if they make it. Um, but if Desmond Ritter ends up being a great quarterback, which from what I've seen is it's not impossible. I think that they could be a potential surprise team this season. And if, that's the case. It has to Could be with a Jags and win a playoff game. If their offense becomes possible? if you, the way that you and I are talking about their offense, if that's what they end up doing, then yes. But if not, absolutely not. If they're I mean, just purely yeah. running, if they are purely a run first and only run team like the Titans, no, they are not going to win a playoff game. And I honestly don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. If instead they try and utilize it way more like, I don't really know if there's a team that, that has done it, but if they use it a little bit more like the Vikings with Adrian Peterson, where it was still run first, but they still passed a decent amount. Or or like LaDainian Tomlinson, LaDainian Tomlinson Chargers. Yeah, too. That's that's the way that their offense can run. And that's the way that I would I would try to use like if they can do that, then great. Yeah, I, I do think Bijan just brings a lot of uh it's just that it they opens can't, a lot of doors on offense for what plays you can now run. Uh it, it definitely does, but you just cannot be one year you don't want to run Bijan's knees into the ground in his first season. Oh, oh god for and, and secondly, secondly, if you are we've seen there currently in the NFL, no run dominant teams like the Titans have been successful over long periods of time. And it's just it doesn't work. So the only team that's been able to like get it done is San Francisco. And you know what? It helps. San Francisco isn't, I wouldn't even say San Francisco is run first. They are tight end first. And with CMC, they're they're definitely run oriented. They're run oriented, but with CMC too. And with Devo Samuel, I wouldn't call it. It's not a traditional running offense. That's the thing. Well, that's the thing from this is a traditional running McCaffrey jet sweep is essentially you're covering just a fucking screen. It's like, what the hell? Like, yeah. So, uh that's that's my take but with that thank you guys so much for watching listening witness five stars you can find us on spotify tiktok youtube twitter and on instagram at waterboy pod make sure to follow me and grant at everett's takes and at waterboy grant make sure to subscribe follow download like every video especially check us out on tiktok we post every single day except for mondays we'll see you in the next episode waterboys out